the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the shows. <clears throat> um, a lot of news right now. We're smack dab in earnings season. We're halfway through 2020 COVID, the year of COVID. We're starting to make some inroads in vaccinations and therapies. Um, I've been reading a lot of Bill Gates recently. I value his opinion. One of the things that he said that was pretty interesting yesterday was that the deaths should start going down by the end of the year because we're getting better at the therapies, the treatment before the vaccine. We're getting better at keeping people alive. We're getting better at spotting it, something like that. And I was like, okay, let's see if there's any lessons. He just taught me a biology, chemistry kind of lesson. Um, The cure, the, the treatment cuts down the death rate, right? So you go back to your statistics classes in college and you're like, that was probably the most miserable, most horrific, most horrendous class in the world. And you start looking at bell curves and you start thinking about it. So. Um, COVID's been a thing. It's been nasty. It's been aggressive. And we're halfway through the year. Now we have back to business, right? We have 100 days to elect a president, which just saw some research on the 100 days before a president is elected. Doesn't work. The market doesn't get too upset. It kind of grinds a little bit higher. It's almost as if it's come to peace with it, which comes back to that investment lesson of... <clears throat> What is the investment lesson? It's the investment lesson of Wall Street is a discounting mechanism. Wall Street, in theory, already knows who has won the election. I know you're saying, I don't believe you're up. Wall Street seems to be, a, it, it kind of freaks out. The, just If you smell blood, like China and the U.S. isn't going to have a trade deal, Wall Street freaks out. And then you see it like bounce right back and you're like, oh, Wall Street figures out that this whole Chinese thing is going to be okay in six months. So it's something there. And that's why we don't care when a company comes out and says, we just had a horrible quarter. Fine. What are you going to do in the next six months is what we want to know. So it's earning season. Starbucks, AMD, Amgen, General Motors, and Shopify all had very good quarters. AMD is interesting because they're a competitor of Intel, and Intel has slipped. Amgen's interesting because they're a big biotech um, pharmaceutical maker. General Motors, because they're not Tesla. <laughs> are we still driving or not? What are we driving? Is it the same old story coming out of Detroit? Trucks and SUVs are saving General Motors and Ford's butt. About, yeah, that's about right. Shopify, a legit contender in this corner. We have Amazon.com who has murdered every mom and pop and every retailer before them. In this corner, you have the little pipsqueak from Canada, Shopify. I'm a pipsqueak from Canada. 
And Shopify is trying to, I like what they're doing. I'll be quite honest. And I bet I'm going to look back one day and say, I wish I would have bought it. I haven't looked to buy it for some reason. Starbucks had a nice quarter. Um, more online, more digital, but more stores opening back up. So as we get through second quarter earnings, we can look back, back at them and go, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's the bottom. And if that's the bottom, are we okay with it? Now, just to, to throw out there, some horrible quarters out of Spotify, competitor of Apple Music. General Electric, no good quarter. Boston Properties, owner of office spaces around the country, a publicly traded real estate investment trust, awful quarter. And it's interesting because I've already seen the spin on commercial property go from, we can't get you, we can't get you space, we can put you on a wait list too. Well, what we can do is redesign the space so people are all six feet apart and we'll put, you know, environmental hazard things here and there so that everyone's safe. And it's going to cost more money to, to house fewer people. And companies will want that because they'll have fewer people and they'll want to keep them safe is the thought. That's how commercial property is being framed right now. Fed Chairman Powell is going to give a press conference today at 2.30 Eastern Time, so 11.30 Pacific Time. You figure out the time in between. I don't know where you are. Um, but that's always good. You know, is it going to be the, the same exact speech from probably 30, 45 days ago? It probably will be. It'll probably be very similar of – Unemployment's unacceptably too high. We're, we got policy tools. We're going to use them until the economy uh, has the fiscal support that it needs and we can take it away. But that's not going to happen until the end of 2021. That's what they said last time. Like, we're not going to raise interest rates until the end of 2021. And you're like, okay, I could kind of deal with that. If you were to tell me I have 18 months to get into shape, I'll be like, yeah, yeah. If you tell me I've got 18 days, I'll be like, I'll do my best. So that future extension has been big. Now, another thing that's happening right now is the political headline drama. And it didn't go great yesterday for the GOP, the Republicans, as Mitch McConnell has unveiled his stimulus plan, his fourth stimulus. People in his own party are going, I, why does it read like that? We don't like this provision. And they should have. No, I'm not going to say it. You would have thought that all Republicans would have got on the same page so that they can instantly pop it out and go, yeah, this is ours. But they're fighting. So that tells me that we may not get a very big one right now to the economy is what's called an enhanced unemployment benefit of $600 per week. That's going away as of July 31. 600 a week enhanced times four. That's 2,400 extra. That's, that's enough to get a lot of people by. You know, not too many rents are over $3,000. So, and if, anyway, what, you're, what I'm trying to say is that the Fed's going to talk today and they're going to, you know, work with what is happening in the political arena. In the past, I've heard Fed chairmen say, hey, we've done everything we can. We've lowered money to almost nothing and we got the tools so that people could stay afloat, whether it's a corporation or individuals. We got it. We got you covered, guys. Now, Politicians, you need to go do something on your side. I've heard the Federal Reserve say that numerous times. Um, well, okay, now you guys go do something. Now it's your turn kind of thing. So stocks open modestly higher. Tech stocks outperformed early. 
House Judiciary Committee is holding an antitrust hearing today. I'll probably get into some of that as it starts to you know roll out. Um, Fed chairman talks at two o'clock, uh, two thirty Eastern, so eleven thirty Pacific. So you got about four hours from now. Then it kind of all hell kind of breaks loose. AMD's up ten percent today. Remember how I told you that a good quarter? I should have told you that what they're up. That's a crushing number. Up ten percent says you blew something out of the water. You brought a shotgun to the fish hunt. Shopify up 11%, Starbucks up 5%, all companies with solid earnings. Visa, meh, they beat profit expectations, but Visa's Visa. Nothing very sexy there. I like Visa. Um, Down 1.7% today. So a lot going on. You can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Kodak stock is moving today on government funding for a factory. That doesn't seem like much of a good business model from the shift from digital cameras to manufacturing pharmaceuticals hmm we'll see about that one you can find me online at robblackshow.com that's robblackshow.com youtube robblack show everything else take a break here i'll be right back want the podcast with music Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money investing, and more. Stock markets have opened higher. We're smack dab in earnings season which is kind of a good place to be because we're hearing some non-COVID, non-political commentary out of companies, and it kind of, frankly, it sounds okay to hear again. Student loans rise, continuing to be problematic. I like stories like this because it's not COVID. But the White House and Senate Republicans are releasing a proposal of a stimulus package to help the country recover. And I hate that. I'm not going to hate, hate, but the names are always kind of goofy of these, some of these plans. This one's called the health economic assistance, liability protection and schools act. So it's called the heels act. And one of the things that's getting caught up here is government. It's helping students and student debt. Without extending the relief Congress first granted to student loan borrowers through the CARES Act, 40 million Americans are likely to have to resume payments on September 30th. So I think there's kind of a confluence happening of events um, that is tied towards uh, September You've seen a lot of airlines like, uh, we're going to go out of business, Congress, if we don't get money. And Congress gives them billions and billions of dollars and says, okay, but you're not allowed to fire anyone with this money until at least September. A lot of things are starting to kind of end right about there to see if we're going to need another round of stimulus or not. Or is it political? Interesting, right? Um Ever since you watched your first episode of 24, you're like, I think there's government conspiracies everywhere. And one of them is when does aid, aid wrap up? The president starts to lose a little bit of popularity when people aren't getting fat paychecks. Congress gets blamed or Congress blames each other. They start pointing the finger. So a little bit of sausage. It's, it should be how we get to this new act. 
I don't think it's going to be easy. Stimulus negotiations are underway as deadlines are nearing. And uh, I think both parties see this as an opportunity to you know, get some political clout going into the elections. Pitting home sales exceed forecast as mortgage rates fall. I'm seeing a little bit of softness in applications saying like maybe like this recent surge is, is starting to slow. The recent surge being with a massive drop in interest rates, people are taking advantage of it. Um, I don't know how to say this correctly, but it, this is really close when I say this, that give me a 30-year mortgage at 2.5%, I'll pay an extra $100,000 for a home. I'll overpay for a home versus to have that lower interest rate for 30 years. Sounds like an odd thing, but in the teeter-totter, in the rock-scissors paper of life, low interest rates are really quite stimulative and having them for a long period of time, like, I get it. You know, when my dad came to me and said, you know, my first mortgage rate was a 17%. I'm like, what the hell were you doing, dad? And that was the times. And he saw them go lower every year of his life, essentially. Uh, every year of his homeowning life is the right way of saying that, I think. But you can kind of see how this all is not perfect. So, okay, 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 okay. Record low mortgage rates and Americans leaving densely populated cities. This is a five-year trend. I heard this sales pitch from a realtor basically saying it's going to get worse in Portland because they're still small compared to San Francisco. It's going to get way worse in Reno, Sacramento, Flagstaff, Phoenix, anywhere that doesn't have to have big tech buildings that has kind of a, you know, an airport <laughs> you could kind of almost count on right now of seeing people leave New York, of uh, people getting packing up their boxes and saying, if I don't have to pay these high rents because of work, I don't have to go into work. I can still get the high paying job or maybe even take a less paying job. I'm hearing realtors sell that idea. So I'm talking to a person on Thursday who's a friend. I'm taking kind of a soft week this week, to be honest with you. Um, working hard at night, but hardly working midday. Talking with a friend this week that he wants to start flipping real estate in areas that's tied towards. Um, that looks attractive to people leaving the big cities. So that's kind of a thing right now. So real estate is in the news, and I like it. Um, I like the idea of mid-sized cities right now. I can tell you in my area, and COVID's been pretty tough, living in a 1,600-square-foot home, um, you don't get a lot of play there. <laughs> Wiggle room. But the home prices haven't budged in three or four years as far as per square foot. So what's happening there now is people are tearing down the 1,600-square-footers and putting in 4,000 square feet. So they're putting a $4 million home next to a, a shack that's worth $1.6 million. And you can kind of see how neighborhoods go this direction, right? Um, like you, you've, Someone sent you a picture in the last five years of, like, look what $1.6 million buys you in San Francisco versus Portland or Iowa. I hate those people. Um, 800-516-1220 to each calls on the air. Home ownership rate hits its highest level in 12 years. Sticking with home ownership, this is a, a uh, there's an ebb and flow that you'll see in the percentage of people owning a home. When America has a tough economy, 
we're typically down in the like 62% people are losing jobs. They're losing their ability to pay mortgages. They're, they're not really feeling good. And then we kind of work back up to 68, 69%. And then we kind of say, well, that's too hot. And then it goes the other direction. No, there's a lot of statistics you could pull into. That's not one that I'm going to, you know, live and die by and say, well, 67.9% of Americans own homes right now. So I'm not going to go out and buy one because that's too high of a percentage historically. That's where I'm not going to do that. That's not a statistic that I'm actually going to use other than to tell you that it does play into rent increases and it does pay play into home prices appreciation. Um, Tesla down 63 bucks today. Eh, it's not much. It's only down 4%. 4% though is four times as much as the market. Um, or is it, if the market's positive, it, what, what's, what is the market telling us right now? So the NASDAQ's up 100 points, up roughly 1% on the NASDAQ. And Tesla's down 4%. Maybe it's a little bit of the balloon airs coming out of the bigger tech sector, right? That seems to be the truth. Boeing missed their expectations. Their slashing wide body production as 737 to ramp up is slower than expected. Uh, they seem to have, and this is a horrible thing to say, they seem to have just plain wrecks of quarters right now. They're just nasty. They're no, there's nothing being, we're not liking it. Shares of Boeing down 3% today. They're a big player on the Dow Jones Industrial Average 30. Um, they ex- they reported a wider than expected loss, and the free cash flow you know expectations are heavy right now. We need them not to run out of money. Because they've already gone to the market and said, hey, we need money to – we need to sell shares even though we shouldn't. You can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Welcome back in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm at you live, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday. You can find me at kdow.biz, stream, get a podcast, things along those lines. But Patrick O'Hare joins us each and every week at this time. How are you, Mr. O'Hare from briefing.com? Good morning, Rob. I'm doing okay. Thanks. Doing good. Good, good. um, Markets seem to be kind of hanging in there. Um, We're halfway through the year, a little bit more than halfway. We're in earnings season. We're grinding into the last 100 days until the election. Um, we get the Federal Reserve today. Kind of not a Super Bowl for you today to work with, Mr. O'Hare, but you got a lot to work with there. What, what, what are you glomming on to as the top ideas? Yeah, you know, a lot, lot to work with today and, and certainly tomorrow as, as well when we get um, those earnings reports uh, from those four big uh, tech companies, uh, which are going to obviously have some major bearing on how the market behaves on, on Friday and maybe even beyond that. But yeah, today is, um, you know, I think you, you look at um, uh, the Fed meeting out there, you always have to pay attention to the to the, to this um, to Fed decisions. Now, the directive itself might not provide a lot of new information. We get the press conference with Fed Chair Powell um, shortly after the release of the directive. And, and I think that the market's kind of anxious to hear, um, you know, whether the Fed is, is, is going to um, – Give some hints or or some indication of of how it might be inclined to uh, 
act going forward based on maybe some new guidance parameters, um, you know, and that can range from anything from discussions about yield curve control to uh, to forward guidance to changes in asset purchase programs. So certainly a lot of key information uh, that, that could come out of that. But, um, but I think the broader market uh, is largely uh, attuned to these tech hearings uh, at the House Judiciary Committee uh, with the CEOs of Apple, Amazon, Alphabet, and Facebook. And um, it's more of a curiosity factor because I don't think the market really thinks that, you know, there's going to be any imminent changes um, based uh, on these hearings. But um, but there's certainly a lot of intrigue surrounding what the questioning will be like and and how these CEOs are going to respond. It's always interesting because it seems like the politicians are going for crazy sound bites right now. But then again, you don't want to be caught becoming the next Microsoft in the 90s and not seeing it coming as far as antitrust um, penalties go. What do you see in an earnings season so far? Um, I follow your materials each and every day. I follow briefing. Sometimes I'm not separating the two. But it seems like earnings is not horrible for second quarter COVID 2020. Um, they're not good, but they're, it's not cataclysmic. Is that fair to say about there's some well, the way okay go ahead. yeah the way i yeah the way that uh i've been characterizing it is that they're absolutely terrible um okay. in an absolute in an absolute sense okay um but they've been quite good uh in a relative sense and That's if you allow me just to explain that real quickly you know going into this earnings reporting period there was uh, a facts that consensus estimate called for Roughly about a 45% year-over-year decline in Q2 earnings, all right? That, that's terrible. <laughs> and so what we're at now with a lot of companies reporting better than expected uh, results based off of some severely depressed estimates is that you have a blended growth rate now that's down around about 41%. Okay, so uh, that's still terrible, uh, but on a relative basis, which is oftentimes how the market's going to um, react, uh, these earnings have been have been better than expected. And uh, I think that the bar, the hurdle bar, was was certainly very low, though, as I alluded to, analysts. We're kind of flying blind and knowing that we're about to hear probably what's going to be the the worst Q2 GDP well, the worst GDP contraction on record, um, you know, analysts, you know, had a reason to be very um, pessimistic, uh, but got very, um, took the estimates down uh, extremely low. And and now you're seeing companies come in and really kind of just hurl some really, really depressed estimates. But, and if I may add, I mean, I just, you are starting to hear a little bit of a, you know, commentary out of companies like we heard out of McDonald's yesterday, right? You know, where they're pointing to the second quarter as the drop period. Um, so things like that that kind of lend a little bit of hope to the idea that the worst is behind us. And while the future might be a little more challenging in terms of gaining some good traction, uh, that better days do lie lie ahead here and that uh, you start to see um, uh, companies, you know, running up against easier comparisons, uh, obviously, as we move into 2021. Getting into the back half of 2020 before we get into 2021, 
it's not lost on me. We have about 100 days till the election and then 120 days till Thanksgiving and then 150 days till Christmas. What are you expecting on the, the, the push of the market into those three big things? versus or just not versus versus every other year just the COVID, i guess angle is what i'm looking for any thoughts yeah well you know COVID will, will still be a very important component of it um but we just don't know and you know why it's going to be important is it going to be important because uh we have a vaccine and everyone's really excited about it and so everyone's going to go out and spend more you know making you know the, the holiday selling period better than what is feared currently you know, or is it going to be really important because we've had another surge in coronavirus cases and the, you know, uh, optimism about a vaccine coming before the end of the year has had to be pushed way back? You just don't know. Um, and I think that's, you know, a real challenge, obviously, for certainly for a lot of the retailers out there in terms of, you know, inventory planning. Um, so, I, you know, I hate to be uh, to skirt the question, but I really don't know, Rob, but I can tell you for certain that COVID is going to be an important component as we look uh, past uh, the election period. But, you know, the election itself, though, will um, will have a real guiding influence for the markets uh, in the back half of the year. Um, you're going to get a lot of headline volatility here in the next few months as we lead up to that election and as polling data changes and and debates are heard. Uh, and then, of course, once we know what the actual outcome is, if we know what the actual outcome is on Election Day, um, you know, that will that will certainly dictate how the markets behave, you know, after the first Tuesday in November. But, you know, I would caution to add that, you know, there is this narrative out there that we might not get. Uh, the results on Election Day like we would in the past because of a lot of mail-in voting and the delays that can kind of come into play as those ballots get uh, uh, get counted. Sure. It's going to be a, a fun push, to say the least. I'm talking with Patrick O'Hare from Briefing.com, a reliable source of domestic and international news tied towards business news and the economy, the stock market. There's so much going on at your website. Is You tend to put together a big picture column on every Friday. What's the big picture that you want to be painting for us right now? Is there something we should be focusing in on just maybe as a learning tool, maybe as a, you know, a peaceful understanding of where we are in this, this point of history, so to speak? Well, um, you know, if I can kind of maybe point to the one that I posted on Friday, right, in terms of a big picture understanding of sort of where we are right now, there's a lot of contentions that you have a a tech sector and certainly these mega cap stocks being overcrowded, overvalued, overbought. Um, And uh, so something I highlighted on Friday was the idea that, you know, Europe could uh, be uh, rising here as as a Potential tactical stomping ground for some reallocation strategies, right? Um, you know, the U.S. has outperformed for such an extended period of time, and um, and that uh, there's a tremendous performance gap there. Now, that's been for good reasons, but now as we sit here and, and focus on this issue of whether the mega cap stocks are due for a, you know a correction of some sort. Um, you know, one of the benefits of, you know, tactically reallocating there is that you don't have any direct index exposure to these U.S. mega cap stocks. Uh, a second component is that you have a weakening dollar, too, and uh, that's, you know, can be a benefit as well when you're investing abroad. So that's one big picture idea. In terms of the big picture this week, I have to admit I'm still formulating it because there's so much that's going to happen here, in, you know, in the next three days. Uh, and I want to kind of get a gauge of how the market is, is going to respond to those factors. 
quick question for you on gold. We've got about one minute, so it has to be a really fast answer. Thoughts on gold? Yeah, well, I mean, there's a lot of momentum money in, in gold right now, and uh, and it can sort of ride a nice theme, obviously, of that weakening dollar, which is helping to spur uh, increased interest there as the weakening dollar also raises concerns about inflation down the road, and gold becomes kind of a, a go-to play oftentimes when there's uh, inflation factors in the market. So, uh, But you got to be careful there because there's so much momentum money right now in, in the gold trade Um so it might not be worth chasing it here in the very near term. That's a good answer. I'm getting a lot of questions about gold. I don't know if your relatives and your friends and family come to get gold, but a lot of uh, listeners and television watchers are asking me about gold, and it, that typically is a sign to stay away from me. But thanks for joining us. It's Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com. It's Briefing.com. I just brought up a real basic concept of if people are asking about it, it's typically not the right place to be. I'm not sure I 100% believe that, but I think there's more smoke there than than you think. Um, 800-516-1220, I was just speaking with briefing.com's Patrick O'Hare. They do a really nice job of updating the market information, the news, showing you inventory reports, showing you crude oil inventories, home sales, wholesale inventories. There's a lot of data there. Um, it's earnings season, and this is a great time to look for the stories and the narratives. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. There's a replay of a uh, webinar that CFP Chad Burton did a couple weeks ago. It's there for another week. Get it at newfocusfinancial.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Thanks for listening to the show. It is appreciated. Been doing this 20 plus years. There's podcasts out there. There's different ways of listening. YouTube. I have a YouTube channel at Rob Black Show. I'm going to turn all that stuff kind of back on in the back half of the year and just kind of get your feedback on what do you want. Um, what would financial media look like to you if you could program it? Do you just want to know stocks to pick? Because that tends to be a bad way to go. Um, People can do it. <clears throat> There's a commercial that I've heard, The Motley Fool Running, and it's the same commercial <laughs> for this small cap company is favored by Donald Trump and it could turn into a bigger than Amazon like opportunity. But the commercial's been playing for three years. So the question is, Is it? did it grow up? Did it turn into bigger than Amazon? Did I miss it? Where are we in this process? I don't know if that makes any sense to you at all, but I find that commercial just like it's telling you it's not pretty good. It's not good advice. It's saying it right there in the, the re- consistency of how often it's played. That's worthy of note. And I'm not knocking newsletters. But the newsletter mentality is not a healthy way to go into creating wealth. Um, I know a lot of people that read Trump's Art of the Deal as a business book thinking, I'm going to become a realtor mogul property person um, because that's what media shows me how people get rich. I see it in the infomercials. You can – do this and while well, Trump seems better than the short guys who live in Hawaii with hot models and 
people try to get rich quick. It doesn't really happen like that. So be careful with newsletters. I think it's the wrong mentality. Be careful going with stocks that are under um, $5. I think it's going with the wrong mentality. This is going to sound like an odd statement and go with me when I say it. I would rather own a great company than worry about price. If you were to tell me, and again, let's say great companies, let's call it Apple. I would buy Apple if its reputation is what I own shares of Apple. I almost want to kill that one. And it's not quite coming out the way I want it to. So what I'm trying to say is there's some brand names out there like Visa. I would buy Visa. I wouldn't be against Visa. I'm, do I have to worry about the price? Short term, yes. Long term, no. And I think that's where I'm trying to get at with this point of short term, there's too much instant gratification. There's too much give it to me in a newsletter. Um, I got an email from someone this week who said, uh, you know, uh, I think I should own some gold. I'm like, I think you're crazy because you're buying it now at an all-time high. And you're only doing that because it's an all-time high and you're greedy. If you were to say, I think gold would, it's probably not going to fall as much as the stock market. I'd go, that makes a little more sense. But uh, just be careful on that short-term mentality. I still see a lot of it. And having done this for years and years and years, people like myself and CFP Chad Burton, we kind of get used to, you know how to play the game and you know how to say it and uh, you know where we're coming from. And that's not always necessarily the true. So sometimes you have to stop and repeat for people. Quite a bit, actually. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Today's a weird day because it's earnings season, so we're, we're analyzing that on the fly. Well, Wall Street's not getting upset. Wall Street's not freaking out by that. But it's also a Federal Reserve Day that we have to wait until 11 a.m. Um, to get news out of the Fed. And then you get a directive. You get up with like a memo. And then you get a conference call. And if the Fed said, and this isn't going to happen, but if the Fed did say, we're going to start raising interest rates effectively immediately, the markets would tank. The markets would not be happy. But we're not expecting that. We're kind of expecting keep things as they are, kind of like you said last time. Don't throw any surprises in. Don't don't go all cray-cray on me. Um, that's what we're expecting out of the Fed. Then, And I thought this was a brilliant comment. Um, what does Congress do to the big tech giants? And what I'm talking about with the big tech giants is I'm talking about companies like Amazon, Apple, Facebook, Microsoft. They're all in Congress today getting yelled at by congressmen. Of uh, You're being anti-competitive. And, you know, the congressman from the great state of South Dakota has 30 seconds. So the congressman has 30 seconds to make a, a great soundbite. And you're going to hear a lot of this stuff. I'm outraged, Mr. Zuckerberg. I'm outraged, Mr. Tim Cook at Apple. Um, eh, so he, I, I thought that he, Patrick O'Hare brought up a good point. He goes, we don't really expect anything out of that. But but it's worthy of note that there has already been some um, calls to action of calling people criminals. 
So Zuckerberg has been accused of criminal activity. I'm not really sure how I feel about that. I don't like our government calling people criminals. It's just something kind of in my head of heads goes that's probably not the best thing in the world. Uh, maybe it's because we have a bad history of congressmen ruining people's personal lives for political gain. I don't know. I'm, I'm not that big into it, that much of a conspiracy theory on it, to be quite honest with you. But I am a little – it'll be interesting to see what comes out of Congress. And then we're going to start analyzing the quarter. And coming in this quarter, there was kind of a concept of uh, maybe we're done going up. Maybe the market is done doing its its heavy lifting, so to speak. Um, because tech stocks started to flounder a little bit. I don't think that's quite the right word I'm looking for. You can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. I'm Rob Black. 